0: Hey folks,
1: John O'Jaca here from MusicMarketingManifesto.com, where you'll find advanced strategies, tactics, and tips for selling your music. Now what you're about to hear is a conversation between myself and a good friend, Brian Van Der Ark from the band Verve Pipe. Brian's the lead singer and principal songwriter of Verve Pipe, and he has sold more than 3 million albums worldwide and produced a string of hit singles, including the number one song, The Freshman. When Brian struck out on his own and began a career as a solo artist, he found himself up against many of the same challenges that every independent musician faces. However, Brian has developed a strategy for himself that has helped him generate a solid six-figure income by essentially offering private house concerts to his fans. Now, this is a strategy that is not only effective, but it's one that any musician can apply, and in a moment, you're going to hear exactly how he does it and how you can do it too. But before we dive in, I just want to give you a little background on what you're going to be hearing. As I mentioned Brian is a friend of mine, and when I initially called him, it was just to have a preliminary conversation. It was not my plan at all to do the interview. However, I have a Skype recorder that auto-records every call that I make, and because Brian's a friend, I didn't think to let him know that I was recording until about halfway through the call. But once we got rolling, I realized that the very frank and honest conversation we were having was going to make a really great interview, and so what you're hearing is that actual conversation that was recorded with no intention of actually turning this into something for public consumption but honestly I think that's what kinda makes this a really good and important interview. Now I've of course edited out all the personal stuff so you don't have to hear about what the weather was like that day or whatever it was we were talking about. But I say this not only because you might notice that the tone of this conversation is particularly relaxed, but I also mention it because I just wanted you to know how sincere the discussion you're hearing uh, actually is. So much of the stuff out there is just canned content, the only purpose of which is to sell you something. That is not what this is, this is just pure content for your benefit, no strings attached. I know Brian, and I know that his house concert strategy is a really good one. Uh, both he and I thought you would, too. So, without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Brian Van Der Ark.
0: Hello.
1: Hey, Brian. It's John.
2: Hey, man. How's it going?
1: Good. How you doing?
2: Good. Hey, hold on one second. Let me just set my daughter up here. Sure, sure. Okay. There we
1: go. Okay. So your mm-hmm. thing, I think, is really, really cool. It's, it's something I mention to friends all the time, just because I think it's awesome. The the whole what how, what do you call it? Lawn chair warrior tour, tour, or something like that? What do you it's call it? Long,
2: lawn chair, lawn chairs and living rooms tour. La- um, right. yeah, that way, you know, it's essentially just home concerts. But you know, it's, it's on, on the musician side of it. It, it really is on steroids. I mean, you, I do four shows. Uh, I think I even did five shows on one Saturday. You know, wow. I'll do eight shows in a weekend because you, you just you you have you give everybody a two-hour block and then you go to the next one and you try to book. For instance, I'll try to book St. Louis and I'll try to book you know four shows over a weekend so it'll you know I can keep the cost down for the fans. You know, right. Um, so far, it's worked great. I'm in my fifth year. That uh, next summer will be my fifth. Yeah.
0: Your
1: fifth year doing this?
2: Fifth, yeah. The first wow. year was just to raise money to record an album. You know, I mean, that's why I did it. You know, fifty grand, and uh, so I, I put this out there that I'll come into your homes and play for a certain amount of money, and then um, I'll, th- I'll put a thank you on your, on your album, and, uh, and it took off. I mean, there was probably 50, 60 shows. And the remainder of that summer, and then the next year, I did well over a hundred in the summer. Wow! You know,
0: so. And and
1: you were charging a thousand dollars, if if memory serves.
2: Uh, thousand is probably the average. Uh-huh. Um, but I'll do. I mean, I'll do them for as low as. I think, you know, I mean, I do them for friends and everything for sure. nothing. But I mean, for for people that you know might not be able to afford it, and they're and I know them, and they've been fans. You know, I will do it for right. about two fifty.
0: Right, right, right. You know,
2: it's just like it's just like these are the people that you know come to the sh- you know come to the show, come to all the shows, buy the merchandise. But going into their house is a whole different thing. They can invite their friends. It's great word of mouth, and then they all, all their friends buy CDs, and then they end up booking more shows for their friends. And and literally, I go into their home and I sit on a couch or a chair that they set up in their living room. And I play without a PA system. And if if it's nice outside, I'll sit on the back porch. I'll sit outside. Sometimes they put a little PA up. But I travel without a PA. You know, it's up to them to provide, you know, um, a little personal PA system. So, yeah, man, it's not only is it work, but, you know, I'm able to make, you know, over six figures just touring
0: now. Yeah. And that's of...
2: just in May May through October, you
1: know. That's nuts. Yeah, that is so awesome. I mean, uh I mean Devin gave me the breakdown. I've seen the documentary and everything and he was telling me all about it, you know, when he went out with you to film the thing and it I was just like sort of slapping my forehead, going, Why haven't I ever tried that? I mean I, I, I know you have a lot of um you know you have You've had those successful albums, and you have a strong fan base. But I think I think a lot of people could pull off their own version of it. Uh, you know, if absolutely, if perhaps not charging a thousand dollars, I think there's a lot of people who maybe don't have as big of a name who could still go and charge a high-end price. And, and perhaps even perhaps anyone could, I suppose, if your relationship is good enough with your with your fans and your list and that kind of thing, uh, it might just work. But
2: a lot of times people just pass the hat, too. I mean, that's, and, uh, and I've got friends that do this now, and they, you know, they're in the situation where they don't have any songs that, you know, that people know, and, you know, uh, you know, and they, they'll just go, I mean, they can't go out and ask for $500 even from right. from somebody, but, uh, but they'll go in and they'll say, well, we'll pass the hat, and then they and they walk with three or $400 in the hat, you know. Right, well, right. Like, Hey, look! Hey, look! When you play at a club, and there's there's no guarantee, and you're playing for half the door, sixty, seventy bucks. Right. You tell me. You tell me what's better. You
1: know? Yeah, totally, totally.
2: Plus, you can go from one to the next. Is the great thing about it, you know? If you have five shows or four shows on a Saturday, you know, even at hundred hundred bucks a piece, you just made five hundred bucks for the Saturday.
0: Right. You
1: know? Yeah.
2: That's definitely the way. The way to do it.
1: And you're making a much more uh, uh, a lasting impression on the people at the shows. These people, I imagine, like the people that are the friends of the people organizing the, the show. They, these people become sort of fans for life because you're not just some guy they saw on a on a drunken night at a club, but rather you're the guy they s- sat and hung with for a little bit and talked with and had. You
2: have to, yeah, You have to make it a special deal. You know what I do is I um, I let the host request any of the songs from my catalog and even some favorite covers, and I'll learn some covers for song I mean, I'll I'll even... It, it It's so casual that I'll have, you know, I'll have lyric sheets for the favorite song or whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. And I'll mess up a song, and I'll start another song instead that I like better by that artist or whatever. That's right. It's just such a... It, if you imagine the old movies in the you know that you saw in the twenties and thirties, where there's a party and somebody walks up to the piano and starts playing, people gather around. That's the vibe.
0: Right, right. And you
2: do that for an hour concert, and then you hang out for an hour. They feed you. You know, a lot of times they'll offer a place to stay. I, I make it a habit to never stay. Sure. You know, but <laughs> but the fact is, is that touring musicians uh, can do it and will make more money and do better. Than they will if they do a club circuit that's for sure
0: right
1: right and and how did you uh start this whole thing um so I think if I have it right, you just simply send out an email to your list one day five years ago asking asking your fans if they'd be interested in it or how did how do you do it do you organize it
2: essentially that was it I just you know i I had to raise money for this album, we just moved into a new house i wasn't making enough money the clubs, you know, there's no more guarantees, the places right. I was playing. Uh and I sent a letter saying, Look, I, I want to continue music and it wasn't I, I wasn't tried not to be too needy about it. I wasn't begging. I wasn't you know, I was just saying, here's the deal. I'll come into your home, i will play for an hour, I'll tell some stories, I'll hang out with you for an extra hour for pictures and uh and uh, you can make up the set list. And uh, you can even record videotape. You can record it. You can burn CDs and pass them along to your friends. It only helps me, that kind of thing. Right. And we'll accept, you know, we'll take a look at any offer that you can offer financially. Well, it ended up doing really well, and we ended up, you know, taking most, had to take most of the high, uh, high-end ones, and then the next year I went back and, you know did the ones that were really low ball? you know the the two hundred three hundred dollar ones
1: right so um, you, you put but, that out there in events you don't tell everyone they must pay a thousand dollars you you just basically say no, what what have to offer no
2: no what you what I learned and i I didn't learn this I mean I actually got really lucky and right. it really worked to my advantage is I never put out there exactly what the amount will be. I'll always say, well, you know, it's somewhere around a major appliance. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, right. Somewhere around, you know, if you're buying a, a new stove at Lowe's, you know, you're right. probably going to pay about that much. But people can charge admission too, you sure. know, and uh, and that's perfectly fine. I have people that actually make more money, you know, right. And that's fine. Um, but. I always, I I put the email out and then just waited for the responses and the responses came in and then I would say, well, you know, Brian, you know, the chances of him getting to Long Island are very slim this year from Michigan. Right. But I ended up, you know, three days later, I had two more from Long Island. I go to Long Island, I played six shows in Long Island over a weekend.
0: Right, All of them
2: for, you know, all of them, you know, four or five hundred dollars at the most. Um and that's that's basically how it worked. I mean, people roll back. They ask, how much would it be to have him come here? And say, well, if we can get this other one to come in, then it'll be this price. If you can't get this other one and he has to make a special trip, it'll be this price.
0: Gotcha. But so I never
2: lot. I never charge people for flights. I always leave it up to me to book the cheapest flight, to book sure. the cheapest hotel. Everything I do, it's all inclusive. If you give me for $500, then you don't have to pay for anything else. And right, right. Part of the deal, too.
1: And you just, so you just completely, uh, there's a lot of back and forth. You send out an email saying, this is what I'm doing. This is approximately what I'm going to need to make this work. Uh, are you interested? They uh, Send me a date kind of thing, and then they, they get back to you. Yeah,
2: tell me the dates. And the great thing is, too, is another unexpected uh, thing that happened was people have a date in mind already. They're going to surprise their best friend or their wife or whatever who's a big fan and that kind of thing. They already have a date in mind. Right. And so I'll come back with a date and I'll get other people and, and you know, they'll say, you know, there's one that somebody in Texas wants me to be down there for their anniversary and he's willing to pay 1500 for me to go down to Texas. And then I'll go with the other Texas people and I'll say, hey, I'm going to be in Texas. You can get a show really cheap, mm-hmm. you know, three or four, $500, $600, whatever I think I might be able to get. And I book six shows around that one anchor show. Right. And that, that happens quite a bit.
1: Right, right. So, so when you send out that email and, and they get back to you, are people reluctant to throw a number out there? Like are, I would imagine some people are, are you know, they, they they're afraid of the the price tag, so they yeah. get back to you and still say, well, what would it cost? Um, or, well, the or thing do, is, they
2: never want to. They don't want to offend you, right? And they'll right. they'll, they'll usually preface it with that. I don't want to offend you, right? But we'd be willing to pay, you know. Four hundred dollars, and then you come back and you just say, "Well, look, I can't make the trip to St. Louis for four hundred dollars and not book another show. Let me see if I can get a couple more shows, and then we can do your show."
1: Right, right. And you you fit all these shows into how small of a, how many months?
2: Well, it started out um, from June till September, and now I go from uh, mid-April until God November.
1: Right, right. Wow. And you're out the whole time, or or you're coming back every couple. No, yeah, I come weeks?
2: back. That's the beauty. The beautiful thing is that you really only go out. You really only have to go out. You know, when most people don't want to show on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday night, even Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Right. Sunday right. afternoon shows are very popular. So those four days out of the week, and then I'm home. You know, Sunday, uh, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, usually, and then leave Thursday again. You know. I do, I, I end up coming home. In fact, I do, most times I'll drive. You know, if I get a show in the city, you know, it's it's 10 hours. I'll just drive to Kansas City.
1: Yeah, I saw your and I'll tra- play the, trailer play the, and the documentary.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. And I'll play the three or four shows. We don't take the trailer that much anymore because that was a family thing and now that we get two kids, it's nearly impossible. Gotcha. But, um, but you know, I usually make the drive, and then I want to, I mean, I, I just drive home. I, I never want to sit in a hotel for three days, you know. Right, right. I mean, if you have a family, I wouldn't recommend
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's and the that's the
2: beauty of it
1: too. Sure, sure. That is the big issue these days. Is the you know with a with a new kid, uh, I can't see myself really going out and touring in any serious capacity. I've been doing everything online, and it's all about list building and building a relationship with them online and. Ac- trying to accomplish all that that same relationship building stuff that you sort of get out of being out there uh and performing i've been trying to do that all email and it definitely works but i uh, you know sometimes you kind of miss getting out there and playing and what you're doing sounds pretty cool and it also just sounds smart and it's something that i'm interested in sharing with other musicians um I'm kind of interested, if you're interested, uh, I'd be sort of interested in, um, I just said interested way too many times tonight, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like to uh, do an interview or something and just shoot the shit like we're doing now and send that out to people and just kind of you know tell them who you are, tell them what we're doing. And,
2: Absolutely, cool, cool. whatever you want to do and whenever you want to do it.
1: Uh, to be honest, uh, I'm, I'm calling on Skype, and I have a Skype recorder that automatically records conversations. Mm-hmm. And normally, I just delete them, but uh, it's been running this whole time, and it, half most of Great. what you are saying was pretty good. So I'm kind of wondering if I can't uh, just, you know, take this conversation and cut out anything, you know, all the personal stuff, and uh, and maybe do a little bookend on the beginning and the end where I just kind of intro you and, and walk us out and maybe we might actually already have it.
2: Absolutely, man. Um, I feel like you got it. Great.
1: Is there anything that you, were there any problems you had doing the, the, this whole process that you didn't expect? Was there any, you know, basically advice you'd give me or other musicians who were going to go out and do this Some road bumps that you ran into that you didn't expect?
2: I would say get a I would say the best thing to do uh is to get a partner um, somebody that can act as a, your agent if you don't have an agent somebody that can correspond I mean I always like to stay personal with the fans, but when you start talking about money, you right. know it's nice to have somebody else to be able to say, Well, look, he can't really do that he should do this, that kind of thing
1: right right um
2: I made that mistake, I think, the first year, um, because you certainly don't want to alienate anybody. Sure. You know, if I'm the one saying, "Look, you know, I'm going to need five or six hundred dollars," and they're like, "Oh my god, I had no idea it'd be that much," and that's sure. the end of the email course, but I might have lost a fan. You sure,
0: know? sure. So
2: I would recommend that. One of the fears that you have, you know, there's a, there's always that fear that somebody says, like there's there's a there's a there's a woman that, you know, that says there's going to be 50 people there and it's just her and her wedding <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You, you, you have to be able to, you really have to study emails a bit. If somebody's writing in all caps, you know, it's probably not,
0: <laughs> right. it's probably
2: not going to be good. If, but, but one thing I have noticed, and this, this might seem really superfluous, but it, I'm telling you it's the truth. The people that go back and forth a lot usually it doesn't pan out.
0: Right. Gotcha.
2: The people that really want it want to nail you down. Yeah. And if you keep going back and forth and say, well, what if Brian's going to do this? And he, yeah, I'm, I'm, I monitor every email that comes in that Todd ends up looking for me. but So I know. And, and when they keep going back and forth with little things here and little things here and little things here, when there's 10, 12, 15 emails, I usually you just need to shut this down because you're wasting your time.
1: Yeah. And it's true. I've it's, seen that so much, yeah. Out with with yeah. sales i see that every day where you'll get this customer yeah. that'll send you i've literally had customers send maybe 30 or 40 emails if you add up all the back and forth and then they don't buy or they do buy and then they want to return for some ridiculous reason yeah any kind yeah. of the best customers you get at the most one one simple email asking a question and then they order um, right.
2: but you're right yeah. um, well, I, I think that's it i mean i really I, and it's it's shocking as it is there really has been no downside occasionally you get a show where you know a father you know bought me for his kid right. you know for and the kid you know was into the music but not really you right. know and then right. people talk during the performance or something the best ones are always the hardcore fans who have specific songs they want to hear and uh, and they're recording, and you know, they know all the songs, and they listen, and they you know, and the, the hosts let everybody know this is a listening show. But occasionally you get the ones where people are milling about and stuff, and that's fine too, dude. It's so, it's still better than the clubs.
0: Sure. You
1: know? Do you find most of them are just you on a couch with an acoustic guitar, or do most people go out and actually get a PA or something?
2: Most of them, uh, you know, it's, I, I got to say it's half and half. Okay. I prefer not to use a PA if I don't have to. Right. Um, I just prefer to sit on a picnic table and play for people in their lawn chairs. That's perfect for me on a nice day. That's perfect.
0: Yeah, that that sounds
2: uh, good. The problem that you have is that if you do four or five, but them, by the end of the day, if you're projecting that much, you, you have no voice.
0: You know, by right. by the end of the
2: day, and by the next day too. So then I then I tell people, look, I got five shows. You need to get a small PA. And small PA systems, people usually. You know, can rent them at a music store for, we tell them 100 150 bucks, you know.
0: Right, right.
2: And, and for the whole unit. And sometimes people try, you know, we tell people, don't bring a guitar amp with a little Sears microphone you plug in and do it. That doesn't work. I mean, right. these are all little things that you go back and forth on. But for the most part, there's really no downside.
1: Does anyone ever ask I you mean, to play a venue? like do they try to get you uh, out of it? Yeah, house? we don't
2: do venues. Okay. Yeah, we don't do um we do them if it's if it's closed to the public. We don't right. do any public shows.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: That's that's the deal. It has to be private invitation only. We let people know that because then you'd get club owners that would be like, "Oh, I can get him for cheap you boy. know, half the money I got him for last year and, you know."
0: Right. But, right. you
2: know, we can't t- do that. One thing I wanted to, that I didn't mention was that people have this idea that musicians are always late.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And the one thing I would tell people is, another thing I would tell people is never, ne- no matter what, don't be late to a person's home. Right. I go. I mean, I, I'll go and be out sitting in my car for 45 minutes before a show. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and then I'll pull up in the driveway, you know, just to make sure I'm there exactly on time. And that's, I think that's critical for return. I've had people that will be on their fifth show this year.
1: Right, right. That's actually something I, I did want to ask you about is that return, uh, the sort of how, how you make something like that grow um, because I think a lot of people would be concerned, okay, maybe they can get one season out of it and then if their list isn't growing at a rapid pace, then they may not have people interested enough to keep it going. Are you? Where are you finding – are you seeing it grow? It sounds like it uh, – obviously, you've extended your the amount of time you're doing yeah.
2: this. Yeah. I think that you know the first, the second year it really took off the third uh, and that was where I saw a, a pretty dramatic difference and that was only because you know five years ago there weren't a lot of people that were doing this and nobody really knew what this was what a house concert was and oh you can have concerts in your home I, I've never heard of that right um, but this you know the second year was a word of mouth the word of mouth really took off and my shows doubled uh, more than doubled. And then, uh, and, and most of those were people that had it the year before. Uh, another thing is, is that people that go to the party, you know, uh, this, the first year, the second year, uh, they'll, they'll ask, hey, are you going to have, you know, so-and-so come back again? That was so cool. So much fun. And sometimes the people might even be pressured <laughs> to another show. I got this attorney, attorney who ends up being a friend now. He's, uh, Bobby Truitt, great guy in New Orleans. And I, I went down there the first year, and he has a party for his law firm every year now at his house in October and pays me a shitload of money to do it. Right. Just to come, you know, because, you know, we started a tradition. When you're the tradition, uh, you, it, you're, you're
0: golden. <laughs> yeah, it, that
1: sounds it, pretty it good. really
2: is a great, great thing. So you have to make the first show so compelling and fun. You have to look people in the eye and laugh and listen to their stories and tell stories and make it so casual and fun that they want to have you back. Because they're a hero. They're they're friends.
0: Sure, sure.
2: You know, they've got a musician coming through.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned that you do quite a few shows in a day. You're saying as many as five shows in in a day. Is that what you said?
2: Yeah, the most I've done is five. Typically, I'll do three or four. I at least try to do three on a Saturday and three on a Sunday.
1: Yeah, that's got to be pretty intense because you, you're saying two hour blocks, right? An hour long performance. Yeah. An hour well, they
2: start. Now. You know, usually I'll go twelve to two, and then you know I'll try never to book anybody that's more than thirty miles away, mm-hmm. and I'll book you know the next one at three to five, and so forth, and so on, and so forth. Right. And then sometimes I'll do late night shows. In fact, I've done club shows before with the Verb Pipe, and then gone to people's homes at you know midnight, one o'clock for an after party, and did a the show then. You know? That's cool. So I mean, whatever works. I mean, it really is about perpetuating a life in music. Right. And if and if you can do that, how often, If I can play, you know, if I can, if I'm only going to make two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks after a Verpine show, it's still two or three hundred dollars. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And it's like it's it's valuable in the wintertime. I I get to vacation now.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of which, how, do you stick with your territory? How far, how far away from home do you go? Do you spread it across the country? You're saying you come home on your off days, so I'm guessing that you don't actually drive off to LA, for example, for, for a run. No,
2: I'll fly to LA. Typically, I'll fly to Texas in May, mm-hmm. and I'll go down to Texas for two weeks in May or a week in May and just hit all the Texas. Gotcha. And those people have been, all been doing it for the last uh, at least three years, the same people. Uh, about six people down there that do it, and uh, and the same thing with California. So I usually hit California in August or September.
0: Gotcha. gotcha.
2: Um, and you know, I've been up to the Northwest once or twice, maybe I think actually only once. And it's hot. You know, it, if there's a if there's only one person and they can't afford, you know, the, what's going to end up costing me, you know, six hundred dollar flight. Right. Uh, to be able to make any money, then I, I just can't take the show.
1: Gotcha. So if it was someone you know, over there that you might charge $1,000, that's where your higher and ticket goes in so that you're still profiting a, a good chunk.
2: Yeah. If somebody called me or if somebody emailed and said, hey, we live in Portland, You know, can you do this for $1,000? I would seriously have to consider it because I would love, first I'd go to the websites and look at the flights and say, well, what are flights at the time they want me? You know, right. and, and if it's five hundred dollars, oh, I'm gonna walk with five hundred dollars. That's put that's cutting it close for that much travel, you know, sure. and everything. Sure. So typically, I try to do another, try to book another show, and just put an email out and say, Hey, I'm gonna be in this area. If you want a show, you can get a show for as low as three hundred dollars. But then I'm making eight hundred dollars, you
0: know. Right,
2: right. Maybe so thirteen hundred dollars. Then it's worth it.
0: Sure, sure. and
1: and how do you when you when you set out to do one of these, how do you solicit the responses? Do you go and just send out a blast once a year? Uh, do you have everyone sort of segmented based on their states or zip codes? Uh, how do you approach it with, with the actual? You no know,
2: we do um, we do it the first year we did a blast to everybody uh, and the first two years, years maybe and then I think last year was the first year that we said, we sent out a blast that said here's the way we're going to do it this year because we have the Vert Pipe just put out a new album and we couldn't we can't book things this far in advance anymore because you never know what tours are going to happen with the band so we would we would do just that we would pick a region and we'd say here we're going to be in this area uh, in these two months if you're interested write us back if not wait to respond until you know we we call out your area that kind of thing and that's because there's hundreds of literally hundreds and hundreds of emails that come in Uh, that's the only way we can keep on top of it. And then just, you know, folders for everybody. Keep folders of uh, information, you know, of each state. I've got each state in a folder, and I just throw them over there. And then when the time comes, we go through them and go, this person wanted to show in this state, and this person wanted to show in this state. And it really is a matter of having a partner and getting a map out and saying, well, we could do this and this and this and this this week, take three of these off and then do this and this and this and this, and this is the money that will be coming in.
0: Right.
1: Is this your manager who sort of organizes it all, or who do you have doing that?
2: Well, I hired a fan who actually booked me at a launcher show, Todd Van Hammond. You know, he's he's one of the guys that uh, I went to in Appleton, Wisconsin, and, and he just sort of is a go there and a really personable guy, and uh, he's been doing it for me for almost four years now. Cool. That's... Shows, is Van.
1: this uh, on like a volunteer kind of basis? Is he uh, an employee
2: no, no, I pay him. No, cool. yeah, I pay him. Yeah,
0: cool. This I pay all... him
2: to take care of all the uh, that stuff and all the mailing list, and he updates all the sites and all that stuff. So I don't deal with any of that stuff anymore.
0: Right, right. That's all. He so really yeah. is
2: kind of a personal assistant. So. This
1: is all really good stuff. So uh, where can someone find out more about you if someone wanted to check out your music, if they wanted to get on your list so that they could get notifications of the next time you're doing one of these uh, lawn chairs and living room tours? Uh, I said that right, didn't I, lawn chair and living room? Is, it, is that what you're that's
2: calling it?
0: That's correct, lawn
2: chairs and living room tours. Yeah, so yeah where, the best you, thing to do is just go to Bri- Bri- com. That's that's the best all the information's there on the front page. Uh, there's a link to where you just click on and it goes to spoilbratmanagement at hotmail.com in case your link doesn't work, which it should. Uh, <laughs> but you can email and, and, uh, myself and my partner get, uh, get those emails directly and, um and that'll get the ball rolling for you.
1: And one thing we haven't really talked too much about is the documentary film that uh, Devin Gummersall directed. Uh, this is a documentary. You can, you can maybe tell people more about it. Where uh, you had a filmmaker go out on—was it your first tour or was it the second one that you did?
2: This was the second one that he came out on. Um, I did the first one, and then I, I, had, I had lunch with him when I was in Los Angeles, and I told him what I was doing. He said, "Oh, that would be a great documentary." And. So it took a couple months and to figure out uh, how he wanted to do it. And he said, Well, I'm just going to come out and shoot. Let's do it that way. And he did. And he followed me around. And we we had booked, I think, seven shows in one weekend he came out for. It might be eight or nine shows, actually. So we were cruising. I mean, it was no time to spare, including the, the Virp Pipe show one night.
0: Yeah, I remember. We had four that.
2: shows on Saturday and then a Virp Pipe show that night. Uh, and then he basically just followed me around, and then we did little interviews here and there, but you know you really get a taste of what people do for their parties you know in that documentary. I think the documentary is wonderful i mean devin 's a terrific director
1: yeah it 's a great, and, it's a great uh, really
2: captured captured a lot of great moments you know
1: if someone wanted to check it out so they could kind of get a sense of what it was like to do it and to be out there playing people 's living rooms, uh where could they find the documentary?
2: You can find it on my website. That's the easiest way. I'm com again. Um, cool. And also facebook.com slash Ark.
0: Okay,
1: great.
2: In fact, that's probably even better a better place to, uh, to find it.
1: Okay, awesome. Well, that is all really good stuff. I think that just about anybody who has ever performed could apply just about everything you said here to their, to their own business model, if you want to call it that, and go out and, mm. and I think make their career viable. I think that's what a lot of musicians are really missing out on. They're going out and they're trying to survive on $10 products and it gets really tough. And uh, yeah. even when you go out there and try to play the traditional venues, you know, you're lucky to get 50 bucks if you're not some yeah. huge name. And I think that just about anyone could apply what you're saying. And maybe they're not charging a thousand dollars maybe they're charging $200, but it's not too difficult to see uh, how anyone can can go out and set a touring schedule that's not only actually easier to set up than booking one throughout all the different venues, but a whole lot more profitable.
2: Absolutely, more profitable is the key too. I mean, that's that's the truth. Is that I I I, I can make promises to my friends that look, you're going to make more money playing for people than you are by by doing the club circuit, uh, playing for people in their homes. That's for sure.
1: Awesome. Well, um that went better than I thought. I thought we were just going to shoot the shit and I think we got the interview. So, awesome.
2: Great, man.
1: Cool, man. Well, Great
2: thanks. Man. Thank you,
1: bro. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Brian Vander Ark or check out his documentary called The Lawn Chairs and Living Room Documentary, uh, it's available at his site. That's brianvanderark.com. Again, brianvanderark.com. And to find the documentary, you just scroll down a bit on the homepage and you'll see a link for the LCLR documentary. If you'd like to learn more advanced strategies, tactics, and tips for selling your music, go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com. Thanks for listening and take care.